everybody, what's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag Boss Lee or the People's Mentor. And this is episode 340 of the show. That is insane. 340 episodes. Are you kidding me? Ooh, I love it so much. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and subscribing and reviewing and telling your friends about it because this podcast is growing and growing and growing and growing. I'm going to start doing some new things where you can actually be coached live on the podcast. So that's going to be a bunch of giveaways that are coming. So make sure you are super plugged into everything I'm doing. I'm sure you already are. But if you don't already follow me on all platforms, make sure you do and you tell some friends. Today is the last day of the $1,500 giveaway, and today's $500 winner is definitely coming. But before I do that, I want to tell you this episode is all about ego and pride. And I think this is one of my best trainings I've done in a really long time. And it's also very different than a lot of the trainings you've probably heard me do. So as we obviously pivot into not just a network marketing podcast, but also a business podcast in general, this is something that I think will help all of you in your lives and in your business. Today's $500 winner of the podcast uh, reviewer, she subscribes and she shares very frequently in her Instagram stories and tags people, is Frida Harris. I love this woman, heart five stars. In the past year, I was able to work a little closer to Jesse Lee and the Lehigh crew. The amount of personal growth I've gained over this last year by listening to this podcast alone is priceless. My confidence is up. My belief in myself is up. Even the way I walk down the street, I hold my head a little higher. Sometimes we just need someone to believe in us and we can learn to believe in ourselves. Jesse Lee is that person for me and I am forever grateful. I can't wait to see how this next year plays out. I have big goals. Thank you, Jesse Lee. Love you. Thank you, Frida, for the review. Thank you so much. You have one week from right now to make sure you message me and claim your $500 cash prize. I love you guys. I appreciate you so much. I hope you love this episode of the show. And when you do, make sure you screenshot it, share in your story, tag me at I'm Boss Lee and some friends as well. There's always giveaways going on. Have a great one. Today, though, I want to talk about, we're going to keep going on in our ego conversation because I think it's really important and I know a lot of you are getting a lot out of these trainings and uh, I think it helps to see things from a different perspective sometimes. I think sometimes when you start to break down the reasons why we do things, why people do things, why people say things, it starts to open up, uh, you know, I don't know, neural pathways probably. I just want to say that word. Neural pathways or something in your mind that just open you up to uh, some to more. So um, the first thing that I don't really need to go through the whole chapter, but the one thing I really love is we need to make sure we're restraining ourselves. And I'm really speaking to myself right now because this is something I, (laughs) over the last week in particular, I don't know, I've been very stressed until yesterday, I feel like, but um, I have been, uh, I've been more snippety. And so I want all of you to try to restrain ourselves try to bite your tongue and I I read something the other day that said something like taste your words before they ever come out of your mouth I think that taste taste your words or chew on them before it ever comes out of your mouth I think it might have been part of that um that stoic calendar that the Bram Hall sent me but sometimes we need to think about what it's going to sound like or what somebody might feel like if they if it got back to them right? How can something be misconstrued, right? Uh, and so the, the example that's used in the book is actually around Jackie Robinson, who was the first ever black professional baseball player. And he was a hothead, right? Um, and rightfully so, right? He basically fought for, um, for equal rights. And well, he didn't fight for equal rights, but he was fighting when it was like a, when it was a racist situation, right? Which you can't blame somebody for. And when he was drafted in, or when he was being prospected into the uh, into Major League Baseball, I don't remember the guy's name, but whoever the person was who prospected him basically said, "You cannot go crazy. 
You have to be the example so that other black people can play this sport someday too. Don't feed in to what they want you to do. They think you're crazy. They think you're less than them. They think you're going to fight them because he was a fighter. He would literally like pop off on people, right? Um, They think you're going to do all these things. Surprise them and don't. And so I don't know what the patterns are in your life that you're so used to doing. Maybe it's you yell at people really easily and you know you do, right? Maybe you uh, have a difficult time with difficult people and you just want to rip their faces off. I don't know why everything's going aggressive here, but how can you restrain yourself in situations that maybe they're not the most ideal and maybe you want to talk over somebody? This is one of the things that I I love that you said grow because this is one of the, the places where I've grown the most for sure. Um, when I started as leader, I know I kind of joke about it, but I really did used to yell at people. It's not a joke, first of all. And the second thing is I used to be somebody that it's like, if I was trying to have a conversation with you and I disagreed with you, I would talk louder. I don't, and I know there's some of you in that place in your life right now, restrain yourself. Okay. I would literally talk louder. I would just get louder and angrier. And it doesn't work. It starts to scare people away. And I was noticing I was losing all of the people who did have the softer hearts, the people who did need me to slow down a little bit, the people who maybe were a little spastic and fun, and maybe the people also who liked the details, right? When I started getting louder and louder and louder, it actually was super ineffective. You've watched me train for years now, most of you. You know that when something is really, really important, I get a lot quieter. I slow way, way down. When I did the acceptance speech for Icon, if you re-listen to the end of it, when I'm talking about the airplane, it was so much more impactful, not that I was screaming, but that I slowed down and I had people start to visualize what it would be like if you were on a plane and the only thing you could hear is your child screaming for you, right? Sometimes when we're way up here, We think because we're louder, people can hear. They don't. They don't hear you, right? It goes back to people don't care how much you know unless they know how much you care, right? If you're talking over them all the time, they also start to get frustrated. I get frustrated sometimes when people are just being so freaking loud and I'm like, I had things to say, but I don't have anything to say now. How many of you have been there at some point with somebody? You're like, I have something. I, I had something really valuable to say, and it probably would have taken this business to this level, but you clearly don't want to hear it. So I'm just not going to say it, right? What are the people we're actually, who are, who are the people? What are the ideas we're actually shutting down sometimes by being that more aggressive, um, that more aggressive leader? So, all right. So I love that Jackie Robinson example about using restraint. Obviously, he went on to win Rookie of the Year. He went on to be MVP of the league multiple times. And he blazed the trail then for so many black athletes to come. Uh, Can you imagine? I mean, it's almost impossible to think about now what the league would be like when you look like go Google Major League Baseball. There's like five white people, you know, it's all Latinos and black men. So uh, not all, but, you know, as an overarching statement, it's just interesting to see sometimes where um, just that little bit of restraint changed an entire sport. And I'm sure it's not just that as an example, but so many more. All right. So then we're talking about ego, obviously. Um, The next part of the book is about getting out of your own head. And I love this because I think that 
This is most of your biggest issues is you're stuck in your head. And this isn't a quote from this book, but I love Mel's like, yep, that's me. There's a quote that I've heard before, and I know you've probably heard it before, but if you're in your head, you're dead. Have you heard that? If you're in your head, you're dead. And so the inability to get out of your head is not abnormal. I just want to let you know that first and foremost. Um, Apparently, 2,400 years ago, Plato spoke on the type of people who are guilty of, quote, feasting on their own thoughts. Okay, it is very common to find people that instead of finding out um, what's possible, instead of actually trying and finding out what's possible, instead they almost take pleasure sometimes in thinking about everything that they're going to do when they have what they want. And all I'm trying to say is instead of actually doing the work, we get in our heads How many of you have done this before? You get in your heads about everything you know you need to do, but then you don't do anything. That is your ego. I I started this call by talking about, I love the honesty. I started this call by talking about the golden ticket trials on purpose. It was a setup, okay? I set you up, okay? My golden ticket trial, like I said, looked like this, was very, it was done sloppy, but it was done very effective, I knew that if I didn't stop and just get it done, I was going to be like one of these people who talks about everything they're going to do. And then quite frankly, guys, you end up being really lazy, right? You say you're going to go hit MVP by a certain day. You say you're going to go hit a rank by a certain time. And instead of actually putting in the action to do it, so often our ego goes, oh yeah, it's fine. I, I know exactly what I need to do. And then we don't do anything at all. There's... We can all agree here, we're on a leader's call. There's no secret to how you get on the wall. It's more action. It's just more action. I promise you, they're having more conversations than you, and then they're developing so that they can have more higher level conversations than you. It's all that's going on. There's just a level of consistency. All of you know that. I know it's difficult without the support products in Europe right now, but we know they're coming, right? That got announced on a call on Tuesday. Super exciting, right? I know it's more difficult without all the flavors. I get it. I know it's obnoxious when payment processing doesn't work. Um, If you don't know, America's payment processing was horrible this morning. That was so fun trying to get the uh, berry blue. Wow. Wow. So much fun, right? Like how long did that take? I started flipping out on the camera. Jamie, not flipping out, but I was like, Jamie Lynn, I got to get off camera. This is not working. (laughs) Okay. This is not working. Um, but I just want you to think about that because, um, a lot of the time people sit in their heads and they think about what they'll do when they have what they want. How many of you have done that? Oh, when I hit rank six, I'll do this. When I hit rank seven, I'll do that. When I hit rank eight, I'll do this. When I hit rank nine, my life's going to look like this. The problem is in this book, it says Plato identified it thereby makes your lazy soul even lazier. Real people are out there preferring to live in passionate fiction than in actual reality. What is the passionate fiction that some of us have been living and we're like really frustrated and we can't figure out why, right? And so he uses this example about General George McClellan, who was a Civil War general. 
And basically, he was chosen to command the Union forces because he checked all the boxes of what would be a good leader, right? Like, he went to uh, West Point, of course, you know, the Army, where, where uh, the best people in the Army go, right? Prove He was proven in battle. He was a student of history. Um, he was loved by all of his men. But he ended up being quite possibly the worst Union commander of all because he could not get out of his own head. He was in, this is going to hit some of you. I'm talking about business, right? He could never get out of his own head. He was in love with his vision of himself as the head of a grand army. He could prepare an army for battle like a professional, but when it came to actually lead one into battle, he couldn't do it. It was all in his head. How many of you love the idea of being legend. You love the idea of being rank 10. You love the idea of being rank eight, nine, champ, sit, whatever, okay? You love the idea of all of it, but when it comes to it, it can't just be some idea that lives in your head. There's so much work that gets put into it. And if you get out of your head and you start putting the actual action steps in place, get your ego out of the way, you will win right? You will win. And so I'm just telling you a lot of times, I love this. He was so convinced of everything negative that wasn't even going on around him. He actually had a three times advantage size wise of the military at one point in time. Think about the people, like think about the people. It doesn't matter what team just popped in my head. I almost said it. I would have been bad. Think about the people who you're like, they have so many good people under them. They have so many numbers under them. They have so many more people than me. And I get on these calls and I tell you guys, if you just step up, you'll lap them. How many calls have I been on and I've said that? I'm like, don't think that whoever has the most volume is the biggest leader. It's not true. It's not true. Somebody's going to step up and not just going to live in their head about rank 10, they're going to be the rank 10. That's the difference. You can't be so convinced of all these things that people are saying about you that are positive, especially, right? And freeze and basically do nothing. For months at a time, that's what this man did. Think about the businesses that they freeze for months at a time because they're so in their head about what it takes. Guys, we went as a team with no big leaders. I say this because this is very important, I think, for the story here. When the empire started three, 39 months ago, some of you are on here right now and you're thinking, I don't have the right people. I don't have the Brittany Andersons. I don't have the Sydney Smiths. I don't have the Brie Nichols. I don't have the Courtney Shepherds. I'm trying to think of original eights in my head, right? I don't have all these people. Okay, let me explain something to you. Uh... I think Brie hovered around rank two for, I don't even know how long. It was terrible. Okay. Sydney took a while. Brittany took a while. Courtney took a They all took a long freaking time. We built the empire off of very normal people going pace, step, 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 step. Brittany was the fastest of that group. Right? I'm just saying that to you because I think it's really important you know that. The only thing that kept happening is what I said at the beginning of the call, which was I kept bringing people in. I just kept on bringing people in. I'm like, come on, let's build, 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 let's build. Is it getting annoying yet? Let's build, let's build. 
That's what I was focused on. I wasn't focused on, oh, well, I've got Brittany. She'll figure out how to get to eight. I wasn't thinking, oh, so yeah, no, 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 this is, this is fine. No, it was, wow, I need to keep bringing people in. We need to find the Amanda Hodgemahalises. We need to find the Megan Hunters. We got to find, I mean, I don't want to start listing names because I know I piss people off, right? We got to find the Nicoles. We got to find the Jamie Lynns. We got to find the Alicias. We got to find the Ambers and the Kristens, et cetera. Like my focus was always on bringing more people in. Always, right? And so don't think about yourself and how wonderful you're, you're doing. That's what this General McClellan screwed up with. He was so focused on how wonderful he was doing. I'm going to say this like 18 times because I know people's faces are popping in your beautiful faces right now, okay? Stop thinking about how wonderful you're doing. Congratulating yourself for victories you have not yet had. And more often, horrible defeats he had saved people from, right? And it says, when anyone, including his superiors, questioned this comforting fiction, he reacted like a petulant. He became delusional. He was vainglorious and he was selfish. Think about that. When, when people are so sure that they're rank eight because they did it themselves. Oh my God, I could not stand it, right? I'm like, what are you talking about? What is the fictional world you're living in in your head right now? It's the whole team. And a historian who fought under McClellan at Antietam later summed it up as this. His egotism is simply colossal. There is no other word for it. Don't let that be you. It will rob you of the ability to lead, right? And so the repeated opportunities people have over and over again that they accidentally miss because they're so stuck in their own heads, it can happen to all of us. Which is why I said, if you're stuck in your head, you are dead. And anybody, in particular, super ambitious people, right? Can, they can fall prey to this. It's very easy, right? Because it's natural for anybody who's super ambitious, super driven to get excited, right? And kind of like swept up in the emotions of all of it. And especially in our world where obviously personal branding is important and we tell our stories um, in order to, you know, sell ketones and build our businesses, of course. It's almost like sometimes after enough time, we almost forget where that line is that separates fiction from reality. How many of you have seen this where it's like somebody's story just keeps getting a little more like embellished. And I don't mean like they're more comfortable and all of a sudden start being more vulnerable and true. It's the people where you're like, what? What are you talking about? That is not the truth, right? Where they start embellishing things to make people go, wow, what? To cause a reaction, right? Again, this weekend, there was a story that I heard about a total, it's a situation inside of our team. And I'm like, well, didn't this happen to so-and-so? And they're like, oh my God, no. And I was like, really? Because they were really convinced that that is what the story actually is. They're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, oh, goodness gracious. Like, it ends up being, it's the egotism speaking. It's you saying, oh, my story is not good enough as it actually is. How can I, how can I freak people out and pull Agatha in? How can I make everyone go, whoa, whoa, and pull Brooke Porch in? How can I try to gain allies like Delcy or Debbie or Elena or Adele by like going way up here and making people go, 
whoa, geez, what is going on over there, right? And so I just want you to think about that because it starts off as these little tiny micro falsehoods and then it turns into this huge fiction narrative where then even the person sometimes can't tell where the truth is and where the reality is. And we end up staying stuck in our heads sometimes so much instead of actually participating in the world around us. Brian says it all wrong, I'm pretty sure. But he always says, the people who eat their own cookies. I'm like, it's got to be cooking. Doesn't it have to be cooking? Like, what is the saying, right? But people that eat their own cookies or their own cooking, I guess your cookies could be a cooking, okay? Like, you're not even participating in the world around you. You're so sure that you're number one at everything that you're literally not. You're so sure you're top in the company, yet you're not. You're so sure you're absolutely invaluable to everything that operates inside of the company, but you're not. To reuse the example I used earlier of somebody that just eight months ago I pulled away from and stopped using their name on any calls, won't that let them around us, won't edify them, de-admin them, all of the above, like... Eight months later, two of our fastest rising champs have no idea who they are. And it's not just one person, okay? Like, it could be anybody. It could be Kayla. I could stop saying Kayla's name on a call, give it a year. You're not going to know who she is. I can pull her out of her ports really easily. I can change the name to Wisconsin on the top volume really easily. Like, guys... I'm just telling you, you know, yeah, I mean, Midwest, like who's the Midwest team? You know, I'm not saying this is happening with Kayla. Obviously, I just said her name. So it's clearly not Kayla. She's not an issue. My point being, don't eat your own cooking. All right. Don't I mean, I don't know. I like eating my own cooking, but you know what I'm trying to say. All right. So live clearly. Oh, Jenny, that makes me so sad. She said, just like a newborn, if you haven't been around for a while, they'll forget you. It was like two weeks because I went to Arizona and then, and then, and then she wouldn't let me see Charlie for a week because she was sniffling. And then I went over there and Charlie forgot me. I couldn't believe it. All right. I'm not, I'm not upset about it at all. I'm pretty upset about it. All right. So anyway, living clearly, living clearly and presently is actually what takes courage. Don't live in the haze of the abstract. Okay. Live in what's tangible and what's real. It's so easy to say the words, I'm a great leader. It's so easy to say the words, I'm current credibility. It's so easy to say the words, I'm the best. It's so easy to say this company would blah, blah, blah without me. It's so easy to say, oh, well, you'd be nothing without me or you'd be nothing without me. It's really easy to say those things. But I'll tell you, is that real or is that ego, right? Be part of what's going on around you. Be actually involved in it, okay? There's no one to perform for. You know, I think sometimes we feel like we got to put on this big fictional performance to make ourselves show up as better than we are. There's just work to be done. There's just lessons to be learned. There's just growth to be had. That's all it is, period. And I still have four minutes, so I'm going to keep going into the next thing because I really, really like this next part. It's the danger of early pride. And I think it attaches to the being in your head really well, okay? Okay. I love this quote. It's by C.S. Lewis. It says, a proud man 
is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. So good, right? I actually kind of early pride. I actually thought about like how many things I've missed because I'm down on my cell phone. You know what I mean? When uh, When I read that. But anyway, so the story that's told in the book is about Benjamin Franklin. And Benjamin Franklin, at 18 years old, he returned back to Boston where he had left after seven months of being away. And he was all triumphant. He had started to become known. He was very prideful. He had on a new suit, new watch, pocket full of money. He felt like a million dollars, right? Um, And he was posturing, though, right? He was posturing. He was feeling more stable than he actually was, which I obviously compare to our business a lot of the time where I say, I don't care if you're rank eight, you can lose it like this. I don't care if you're rank 10, you can lose it like this. Take it from, like I said, how many legends are in the company? How many were recognized? Right? You can lose it like this. You can lose it. Okay. And so he went back to Boston. He was actually just a, um, an employee in a print shop in Philadelphia, but was all proud, prideful about escaping Boston and came back. And he went into a meeting with one of the town's most respected figures. And Benjamin Franklin's, sorry, my eyes are a bit crazy. Benjamin Franklin's ego had gotten out of control. He was like walking so la 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 la. And this prestigious figure inside of the town hall set, told him to duck. He said like, hey, Like, stoop down, stoop down. And he was too caught up, Benjamin Franklin was too caught up in his performance, you know, showing up and posturing as this amazing, as this amazing person. He literally clunked his head on a beam. (laughs) Okay? Like, boom. And apparently the man in the town said, let this be caution to you to not, to, to you, not always hold your head up so high. Stoop, young man, stoop. As you go through this world and you'll miss many hard thumps. I love that. Okay. If you're, if you're a Christian, you know what the Bible says all about pride and pridefulness and it being a sin, etc. And it's just really because pridefulness leads to arrogance, right? The arrogance leads far, far away from humility, right? And then when you lead away from humility, you lose your connection to your, to everybody around you, Right. And the perfect example of this, if you think about business, is when somebody becomes so cool, right? Like they're too good for you. They're too good to get on calls. Oh, I've got nothing left to learn. I mean, we talked about it last week too. The people that get on calls and they're literally like sitting in their phones, like they have literally nothing to learn at all. I mean, I'm sorry. I have pages of notes from Liddell, Angela, and Laura from last night. So uh, you can't learn from them. Cool. You couldn't learn from Sydney last night? Lies. You can't learn from me? Okay. Would you like to compare bank accounts? Would you like to compare lifestyles? Would you like to compare happiness levels? Because I'm not the one complaining on social media about life being hard. Sure am not. Life is freaking good, man. I'm stressed out. I said I'm booking a first class flight to Hawaii. Deuces. I look yellow as hell. I'm over it. Okay. What are you doing? What are you doing? Okay. Like, I'm just being real. Right? So I love this because you don't need to be religious, obviously, to see the wisdom in that. Right? I'll try to wrap this up pretty quickly, right? But you don't, you need only to care about your career to understand pride. Even in real accomplishments, right? Like there's people on here that are super, super accomplished, right? But it can be a huge distraction. And a great example of this is think of the people that you know that have done very well. And like, they can never get past it. 
right? The people who have done really, really well and then can never get past it or never get back to the level. Like when I hit pace setter last year, I went, okay, well, I better do better than that because that's now where people are going to reach for. So I've got to go to the next level, right? So then I'm like, what is the next level? Okay, Icon, I won Icon last year too. Some of you don't know that because you haven't been around for a year. I won Icon last year. This year, they upped the stakes. To win Icon this year, they set a standard. They didn't just give it to people. That's why somebody who won it last year didn't win it this year, right? What is the next level? Don't get distracted by the trophies. Don't get distracted by the money. If I'm distracted by all this stuff, all, I'm like looking at my trophies. If I'm distracted by the accolades, I'm unable to lead. I'm not done. I'm not going to sit at rank 10 or legend or whatever they decide to keep naming ranks as and be like, I'm cool. I'm cool, baby. I'm not cool. I'm not done. What's next? There's always another level. And so I love this because they said pride blunts the very instrument we need to own in order to succeed, which is our mind. Pride stops our ability to learn. It stops our ability to adapt. It stops our ability to be flexible. It stops our ability to build relationships because it's all dulled by pride. Think about it. When somebody's so sure they're right, they don't flex on stuff. It's their way or the highway, right? They don't want to learn anymore, right? And it's the people where the pride, pride takes a minor accomplishment and makes it feel like a major one. I don't want any of you to feel bad about, oh, I missed multiplier or I only hit multiplier. I'm only rank this. That's not the point. My point is, I say this to you all the time. Are we spending time celebrating the expectations as major accomplishments? Right? What is your next level? If you got an award for six in a row last year, can you do seven this year? That's better. If you did 12 last year, do 12 again because there's no more than 12. If you did 11, do 12. If you did 10, do 11. If you did 5, do 6. If you did 3, do 4. It's about getting a little bit better, but we can't sit here and say, there's a different way to be a leader when like, guys, yeah, but there's also minimums. There's also minimums to be looked at as a leader. It's just the way it is. It's not that you're not an amazing person. It's just what it is. So quickly, and I'll let you guys go. Pride and ego say, I am an entrepreneur because I struck out on my own. I am going to win because I am currently in the lead. I'm sure y'all know about the turtle and the hare, okay? I am a writer because I published something. I am, a, I am rich because I made some money. I am special because I was chosen. I am important because I think I should be. All right, snowflakes, listen up. All right, <laughs> listen up my special little snowflakes. Okay, look, I guess I'm a writer because I write on Facebook every day. All right, you don't see me putting in my bios that I'm an accomplished writer, all right? I'm, I'm only special because we're all special, all right? There's nothing special about me. I say that all the flipping time, right? You're not gonna win because you're currently in the lead. How many times do I have to say, I already said it once, so let's call them and say it again. Somebody's gonna wake up and start taking a lot more action than you. They're gonna recruit everybody that they've ever spoken to and they're gonna crush all of you. I don't know who she or he is, but you just wait. You, you're gonna blink and somebody's gonna go seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, boop. 
Okay, I don't know who it is, but somebody's going to get frustrated enough, take all the ego out of it and just go, I've got to go. I've got to go. And it's going to be over for everybody that thought that they had their lives together. Okay, and so look, we all, we're all imperfect. Okay, at one time or another, we've all done that. We've all been like, I'm winning. I'm special. I'm wonderful. Okay, like I'm not saying to self-deprecate either. Okay, but... I'm just saying, don't count your chickens before your eggs hatch, okay? Don't count your chickens before your eggs hatch, all right? Um, That attitude, it is what it is. It's fraudulent, okay? Because if you're doing the work and putting in the time, you don't need to cheat. You don't need to overcompensate for what you're doing, okay? It will all come up to play. So I know I'm over time, but I was like, Really digging that. I'm going to go into Simple Proven Results now and taste test Berry Blue with the people in my house. So uh, I hope y'all are uh, going to tune in to that. This is delicious. Go buy your boxes. Sell your five days. It's insanity. I want to make sure we get this video done before, um, before it sells out. So I love you guys. I appreciate you.